Saints fans, Pelicans fans, let's go. This is the Black and Blue Report. Black. Bree is going to go deep. He's got ground. Touchdown. Blue. Down the lane. Shoots. No. Tip follow in for Davis with three tenths of a second left. Welcome into the podcast for the fans, straight from the teams they love. It's good to see you guys, and uh, I didn't know we had Studio B here in our facility. Good setup. Now that I know where your guys' little office is, I can pop in here whenever I want. Well, we're playing through AD, and so everybody's going to have to adjust to that. Coaches, players, analysts, celebrities, and more. That guy's Anthony Mackie. I've gotten in many of our arguments about the Pelicans and the Saints uh, over the years. Harry County Jr. joins us here on the Black and Blue Report. Undoubtedly, to me, the Saints are the singular reason that New Orleans is back on the map. Hoda Kotb from the Today Show on NBC, our guest. You know, New Orleans gets in your blood. The Saints never leave it once they get in there. This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio. Wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. How goes it Wednesday edition of the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Greetings from Studio B at the headquarters of the Saints and the Pelicans. I'm Sean Kelly, and glad you're with us here on Wednesday, the busy day, I guess, as we start the new NFL week officially here on this Wednesday. And, of course, the run-up to Saints and Browns this weekend on the shores of Lake Erie. Right next door to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, by the way, if you're trying to picture where the stadium is in Cleveland. We've got a good show for you today. We're all going to get into our Cleveland uh, setup with Kenny Albert from Fox Sports. Kenny is the play-by-play voice on the television side of this weekend's game. He'll join us here for this Wednesday program. We'll also talk some hoops today and catch you up with Head coach Monty Williams and Anthony Davis. They were on a conference call with us earlier this morning. I want to play that for you. And then Daniel Salerson jumps in a little bit later with Jake Seeley, our fantasy football correspondent from RotoExperts.com. So a good show here on this Wednesday. We'll be pushing ahead with regard to Saints practice uh, today, of course. They're going to go inside and practice there. And we'll have a New Orleans Saints afternoon wrap for you later on today on NewOrleansSaints.com. And, of course, we'll be streaming head coach Sean Payton and quarterback Drew Brees in their respective press conferences after practice. That's live in yours, of course, at NewOrleansSaints.com. Well, based on my drive-in this morning, by the way, it looks like there's going to be a lot more conversation about the Ray Rice situation and what's going on with that and the NFL and the commissioner and everything else. And while I don't think it's my place to uh, comment or share my thoughts on the situation in this format, let me, let me just say this, because this is, this is the thing that stays right in the front of my brain right now as all this is unfolding. I would say this. If there was as much uproar and conversation about the domestic violence down the street and in our town and in our state as there is about this guy and this situation in the NFL, I think we'd have a better situation for all involved when it comes to the tragic circumstances of domestic violence. So keep that in mind as you hear all this talk and everybody wants to, you know, throw in their two cents and and be passionate about it, which I can appreciate and I think is important. I'm just I would like to see this important this importance, I guess, placed on the everyday tragedy that happens much closer than we think. 
So keep that in mind today. All right, so on a lighter note, back to football in just a moment with Kenny Albert from Fox Sports here on the Black and Blue. Pelicans head coach Monty Williams, Anthony Davis, and your Pelicans have been working throughout the offseason to take this team to the next level. Ticket plans for the 2014-15 season are on sale now. There's a variety of packages for all fans featuring half season and 12 game options, including the ever popular weekend plan that averages a couple of games a month. Packages start as low as $185. Visit pelicans.com or call 525-HOOP and take flight with your Pelicans today. Lotto is all across Louisiana with cash jackpots starting at $250,000. That's a whole lot of cash. From the neon lights of Shreveport, Bossier City, to the banks of Grand Isle, Lotto is your game. It doesn't leave the state, and there's nothing like it anywhere else. It's Louisiana fun just for Louisiana. Lotto, it's a whole lot of cash. Must be at least 21 to purchase. We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report. First up for us on the Black and Blue Report today is... Kenny Albert, an old friend of this program. He's been on before, and he has the action for us on Fox this weekend as the Saints take on the Cleveland Browns. Hi, Kenny. Good to talk to you. Hey, Sean. Good to be with you. What's Wednesday like for you? I know what it's like for the teams. What's a Wednesday like for you? Well, um, I start Monday morning. Uh, We were in Chicago this past Sunday for the Bills and the Bears, which is one of the big upsets of the weekend, and I usually try to get a lot done Monday and Tuesday, early in the week. So I spent Monday preparing charts and, and going through, um, you know, all of the clips from both cities, from New Orleans and Cleveland, covering the uh, the Sunday games, of course. And then uh, yesterday I watched most of the Browns game, the Browns-Steelers game. And, um, you know, it's kind of an ongoing process, as you know. And then... Wednesday and Thursday, it's more of the same. I just got FedEx packages from both teams, emails as well. And then Friday, we'll, we'll travel to Cleveland, myself and Daryl Johnston, Tony Siragusa, and the production crew, and, and go to Browns practice on Friday and then meet with the Saints on Saturday. So it's really a week-long process, and I try to get as much done early in the week as possible because things kind of pile up on you. But um, right now, I have to head into Manhattan for some NHL broadcast meetings, juggling two sports just like you are. Um, so when I left my house, the FedEx, the UPS just arrived. So there's a package of stuff waiting for me when I get home later today. Yeah, Kenny Albert not only worked for Fox and other outlets, but uh, many of you may not know he's the voice of the New York Rangers. More on that probably another time. Kenny, you mentioned uh, the word pile. It seems like the NFL, even more so than college football or any other sport, there is a pile of stuff to go through um, with regard to getting ready for a football game. Sometimes it, I find it hard to decide which thing I tackle first. Of all the information you get, what is the most important to you in preparing to do play-by-play on the network level? Well, that's a good question, Sean. I, you know, I think back to when I first started, and you know, the the internet was in its infancy, and I tell I'm talking to my kids right now, telling them what things used to be like, you know, two decades ago. But we we would get the clips from each city on on our fax machine. So you have to buy those old rolls of fax paper, and they come spitting out, you know, 15, 20, 25 pages a day. Um, but to me, it's really a compilation. It's hard to say what's the most important. You know, I'll, I'll sit down Monday morning with each team's depth chart and, and start to make my, my charts, my spotting boards. And if you haven't seen a team yet this year, which is usually the case early in the season, um, 
you know, that that's when you really have to dig into the media guide and, and, and some of the bios just for the basic information. And then to me, the daily clips are very important to keep up with, with what's going on. And then you have the stat packets as well. And um, to me, watching the games are, are very important, the prior games, because you hear what the other broadcast crews are talking about with regard to the storylines. Um, you know, you see the players as opposed to just looking at names and numbers on a piece of paper. And, and to be honest, you know, at Fox, we don't, we don't do too many AFC games. Although, ironically, our crew had the Bills last week and the Browns this week. But uh, when I sat down with the Browns roster, and, you know, you see some of their games through the years if they're, if they're playing against one of the teams that you have the following week, and, and you see highlights and you certainly read about them and follow the whole league. But I haven't done a Cleveland game in 10 years. So um, those rosters are certainly a little harder to tackle than, than the NFC teams that you see pretty frequently. Kenny, I haven't watched the, uh, the tape of the Browns' first game yet. That'll be later today for me. But what did you see in yesterday's viewing of their first game? Well, I've gotten through uh, two and a half quarters so far. I watched the entire first half and part of the second half. And, and, you know, also having read about the game, you kind of know what's coming up when, when you watch the rest of the tape. So, um, But the first half was rough. You know, they fell behind 24-3 and then 27-3 early in the third quarter. And, and uh, some of their... Defensive backs had a bit of a rough time, and especially in the first half. Rookie Justin Gilbert got beaten a bunch of times, and even Joe Hayden, who's a pro bowler. Um, and, and offensively, uh, things really changed in the second half. Once their starting running back went down, and, and the youngsters came in and did a terrific job. But um, it, it was really a tale of two halves. And, and like I said, I've read about the second half, but I haven't seen the whole thing yet. But they came back, and uh, they, they went to the no huddle in the, in the second half, and they came back and wound up tying the game before losing on the last second field goal. When it comes to the Saints, um, what do you think you'll, you'll find yourself zeroing in on as you get closer to the weekend? Well, the Saints are a team that, that our crew is certainly very familiar with having done so many games you know, over the last five, six years during the Sean Payton era in, in particular. and haven't gotten through the whole Saints game either, but you know, they're a team that coming into the regular season I certainly had up there, you know, with the Seattles and San Francisco's and Green Bay's and, um, you know, hearing a lot of the national commentators speak, you know, in the week leading up to the season, um, high hopes for the Saints. And I worked a lot of those Saints-Falcons games through the years. Obviously didn't have the game last week, but they always seem to be high-scoring thrillers that go down to the final minute. So, um, you know, despite losing week one, I, I still have high expectations for the Saints this year. It's interesting, you know, you talk to a lot of folks around the league, Kenny, and, and they all want to, you know, pin everything on overreaction Monday and, you know, be careful what you see in the first week. But in, in your eyes, what what stays real out of what you see in the first week and what should be maybe set aside a little bit? And I'm not just talking about, I guess, the Browns and the Saints, but maybe maybe the league in general. Well, we do tend to overreact, I, I think, after week one. Now, I am a believer in momentum that for certain teams, you know, if you win that game week one, it can, it can carry you for the next two, three, four weeks, maybe the entire season, and and vice versa. If you lose uh, that first game, you know, you look at the Giants last year who spiraled to an 0-6 start. Um, but as far as the Saints go, you know, I, I wouldn't be as concerned with the yards that the, the Falcons were able to put up offensively given what we saw last year. You know, if this were 2013 and the Saints are coming off the uh, record-setting in a negative fashion, uh, defensive performance in 2012, you know, then maybe there's more cause for concern, but seeing how well they played last year and, and where they finished in the rankings, uh, you know, Atlanta's got some explosive weapons on offense, as you know, so 
Um, I wouldn't be as concerned, like I said, as if it were uh, a year ago at this time. All right, so you said you haven't done a Cleveland game in like 10 years. I'll assume that you have not been to uh, the shores of Lake Erie uh, otherwise. So um, who uh, who then picks the restaurant for the big meal this weekend, Kenny? Well, it's kind of a combination. Um, with Tony Saragusa on the crew in, in certain cities, um, he'll pick the restaurant and do the ordering. But uh, we got recommendations. One, one of the guys who works with us in Chicago uh, picked our restaurant last week. So it's uh, – it's kind of a group effort, but I'll be sure to get back to you over the weekend on that. I appreciate that because I, I think that people underestimate the value of that good crew meal there on a football weekend. Well, with Goose, you know, it's 17 straight Friday night dinners, so you really have to watch what you eat during the week to kind of balance it. But um, he also had the lap band put in a few years ago, a la Rex Ryan, so he doesn't eat as much, but but certainly still orders like uh, – you know, like he used to. So there's there's a lot of food on the table. I can tell you that. Is this a is this a primarily an Italian lean to these Friday night dinners? Um, once in a while, you know, especially when we're we're in his home state of New Jersey. Uh, we had a Jets game in a couple of weeks, and he has friends who own restaurants. He owns a couple of restaurants, but uh, when we're in another city, once in a while it's Italian, but it's 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 definitely a variety. One last question, and I wasn't going to ask this, but I guess I am anyway. Um, how much does the Johnny Manziel story or non-story play into what you think your broadcast will be like on a national level? I know it's different in Cleveland, and I know it's different in New Orleans, but you know, you're know you broadcasting to a much broader audience. And so do you have to bring this up this weekend? Is it even on your radar screen? Well, I won't lie to you, Sean. As soon as our schedule came out, and that's all we had the Saints-Browns week two, you know, most of us on the crew were certainly hoping that uh, Johnny Manziel at some point would play in the game, whether he starts or, or comes on in relief. And uh, not that he has Brian Hoyer, who did a terrific job in the second half on Sunday. We're looking forward to meeting with him on, on Friday. But uh, from a TV standpoint, you know, of course you'd love to see a guy like Manziel in there, um, especially in what would be his NFL debut. I could think back to two years ago. I know the Saints fans don't want to hear this, but we did RG3's first game down at your place. And um, you know, it just, it just made for some great TV, some, some ter- tremendous stories, and we sat down with him the day before, and then he had that, uh, what was it, an 88-yard touchdown pass to Pierre Garçon in the first half, and, um, at, you know, from a broadcast standpoint, you always love stories like that. So, um, again, not having been around the Browns at all for, for a decade now and, and uh, leading up to this game, you know, I've only seen them on tape, but, um, again, from a TV standpoint, sure, you love that kind of stuff. That's good. It's a great point. Kenny, I appreciate you saying that, and I'll, and I'll end by saying this. Here's to you and me being in Cleveland in mid-September as opposed to mid-November or December this year. Another excellent point. Uh, should be fine, and we look forward to seeing you in Cleveland this weekend. Kenny Albert with us from Fox. Uh, thanks again, Kenny. Safe travels and enjoy your NHL meetings today, my friend. Okay. Thanks, Sean. Have a good week. You bet. Thank you. Kenny Albert with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Monty Williams and Anthony Davis join us next. At the Auctioner Hospital for Children, no matter where you turn, you're surrounded by bravery. Children and teens dealing with health problems beyond their years. Parents working hard to keep the worry from their face. Doctors and nurses doing everything possible to get them back home where they belong. From rare brain tumors and leukemia to heart conditions and organ transplants, we offer a level of pediatric care unmatched in Louisiana. With more advanced capabilities than any other children's hospital in the region, 
Even our kids-only ER can handle any pediatric emergency. In fact, the only thing tougher than the problems we see every day are the kids themselves. Choose the Auctioner Hospital for Children and never wonder if you could have done more. Call 866-AUCTIONER to find an affiliated pediatrician near you. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. We call it No Appointment Radio. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Still to come on today's Black and Blue Report, Daniel Sallerson checks in with Jake Seeley from RotoExperts.com. It's our weekly visit with him as far as getting your fantasy football lineups set and other storylines from that segment of the game, as they say. That's all Daniel, and he's got it for you in just a moment. Uh, Time now to go across the uh, big pond there to Spain, where we'll find Monty Williams and Anthony Davis still with Team USA Basketball. Winners again yesterday at the FIBA World Cup. They'll get set now for a big game tomorrow on 9-11 against Lithuania. This morning, we got a chance to have a conference call, several reporters, myself and others, um, with Coach Williams and Anthony after their practice over in Spain, which is now afternoon time as we uh, sit down here with you today on the Black and Blue Report. Um, So with that, I want to say that what you're going to hear is just that, a conference call. It's a little raw as far as the production quality, as they say, goes, coming from Spain and then also in this conference call format. But I wanted you to hear the whole thing as it went down uh, just about 9 o'clock Central Time this morning. My name is John Reed in New Orleans. How you doing? Good. John, how's it going? I'm doing good, man. Um, can, can you? i got two questions. Can you just talk about what this journey like has been for um, – for yourself and Anthony and, and the team here going into uh, the Lithuania game in the semis. I mean, what kind of things that stood out? I mean, you guys have really played well in the second half of games, especially in the third quarter. And, um, and and can you also talk about just the physical play and and what are your bigs, particularly Anthony, is doing particularly well against these international teams? Well, Obviously, we've um, we've been together for a while, and we've been through a lot from you know different guys not playing to the Paul George injury. Those are the things that stand out. But um, the things that are most memorable to me are you know the West Point day we had, and, um, the dinner that night with uh, the general and lieutenant general, and um, our meetings together as uh, coaches and players and staff. We have them every day, and uh, we talk a lot. You get to know guys um, a lot better, whether it's in a meeting or on the bus or in the gym. Um, We've had a lot of bonding time. It's a lot like when you play in the league, you you miss the locker room and the bus and the airplane because that – most of the times we've got a chance to be around um, some really good people. And then as far as AD and our bigs, you know, they've carried us the whole trip. And uh, nobody expected that because we were uh, so guard heavy, as everyone put it. But uh, AD and, and Kenneth and, and now DeMarcus and Rudy have done a good job of uh, giving us a, a boost from our uh, our big positions. So, you know, I, we're not surprised because we know AD is is a really, really, really good player. Um, 
but I think everybody else is just based on our guard play and the guards that we have. Yeah. I'll follow up another question with Anthony Davis if he's there. Um, Anthony, just can you talk about, um, I mean, why is your offensive game, well, defense also, but why have you been able to be so effective in this, in this um, World Cup? I'm just playing hard. You know, I know that we have a lot of guys on the team who can score you know, and make plays for for other players. You know, I'm just trying to play hard, bring energy, um, you know, playing great on defense, whether it's rebounding, blocking shots, you know, altering shots, whatever it is. You know, I just try to bring that energy each and every game. Um, you know, especially me and Kenneth, we know that a lot of guys you know, look look towards us you know, to bring that energy, you know, to get the team going. And um, that's what I've been focusing on. And you know, when I get an opportunity to score. You know, I try to make sure I take advantage of it. You know, we have a lot of sports on the team, you know, who are probably the best players on their team. Um, so, you, know, you just got to take advantage of it uh, when, you, when you get the ball. Um, but it, it's been fun. You know, it's been fun. And uh, just trying to be efficient and make sure I take shots um, that, I know I can, that I know I can make and then work on my game as well. And follow-up to that question is, I mean, you guys, I mean, it's, it's always been seen to be like the, this matchup against Spain and, and you guys got a tough game against the Lithuanian and all these other teams. But um, how, how do you guys not have not looked to look past any opponent, and and how have you handled um, as a team that um, this this matchup against Spain and not made that the forefront and not overlooked teams? I mean, how have you guys really approached your um, the opponents and um, and not overlooked teams and and, and what so forth? Uh, we just we know that a lot of teams, you know, um, want to come out and try to slow the tempo, you know, and try to alter our game. But we try to we try to you know play our game, make sure that we always run it, you know, don't pace ourselves, you know, just try to try to um, get at the team's legs, you know, play defense, you know, we're trying to trigger our offense. Um, you know, we couldn't make a shot in the first half uh, last night, but we continued to play defense, continued to persevere, and uh, shots are falling. You know, guys start playing a lot more energy, a lot more effort, so. Um, we just started taking a game at a time. You know, we got you know great team uh, tomorrow in Lithuania, so um, we focus on them right now. Hey, Coach Anthony, it's Sean Kelly. Hey, Sean. Hey, guys. Hey, I know that team chemistry is always something that's difficult to build or takes process, especially in in international situations like this. Would you all speak to the team chemistry that this group has had, and and why or why not? It's it's come together seemingly so well. Um, I think, you know, uh, the guys, we have a lot of free time here. Um, so guys uh, get a chance to bond, you know, get to know each other's game and, you know, get to know each other's personality. So um, I think all these guys, um, you know, love each other like brothers. And we all here for one goal, and that's to win a gold medal. So um, when you, when everybody's on the same page, it's easy to get connected with someone. Um, so I think, you know, it's been fun. And, you know, everybody can look at each other, like I said, like brothers. And uh, we all had that one goal. So it makes it make our job a lot easier. It makes the coaching job a lot easier. And uh, at the same time, we try to represent our country. You know, uh, we have a big game tomorrow on uh, on 9-11. So, um, that's going to make that game even more special and make us play, you know, with, with even more energy and effort. You know, I think uh, when you have the same – when everybody's on the same page and have the same, same mindset, it makes the game a lot easier. It makes the game a lot funner. You know, um, uh, when you look at each other like brothers. So, you know, um, that's all we've been trying to do, just make sure that we try to get that bond 
um, because it makes the game a lot easier for all of us. Coach, what what needs still to be done or what needs to be better as competition gets harder this weekend and you all look to finish what you started to do? Well, obviously, when you don't have a ton of time um, to go through a training camp or any of that stuff, you, you have to uh, learn on the fly. And our, our guys have done a good job. Um, coach talked to them in the last game about becoming a mature team because we weren't knocking down shots in the first half against Slovenia. We didn't feel like we were getting a good whistle. And um, he talked to them about being mature and playing through it. And I thought we grew up last game, and all of our guys understood that this this whole journey has been tough and the games have been tough, and yet we've been able to persevere. And I think that's what we got to do as we continue throughout this tournament. You know, we got to have a great shoot-around tomorrow morning, a great meeting before the game, and then we got to take the first quarter like it's our last first last quarter. And um, like A.D. said, we're playing for a lot tomorrow. We want to win the game, but we also want to represent our country on such a uh, emotional day and, and let our fans and, and citizens in America know that we, we're not just representing them by making buckets. We also understand that this was a, a going to be a tough day for a lot of people. We want to bring them some joy and some happiness on that particular day. Anthony, what have you learned about yourself and maybe about the way that you like to play basketball in the upcoming season? Um, you know, I've learned a lot. You know, I think that, um, you know, playing with these guys, you know, elite guys that's around me, you know, show you, you know, what you need to work on. You know, going against great competition every day in practice, um, you know, shows you um, what you need to get better at or what you're good at, you know, so um, – now, I love being around, you know, elite guys, you know, who's going to make me better. Um, you know, nothing's guaranteed here, you know, starting spot, you know, if you're going to play or not. You know, and they always bring in positive energy um, during the games, uh, making sure, you know, you're not making plays, you're not making uh, shots. You know, they always you know, keep your spirits up, you know, and tell you to keep the keep up and so on, um, keep driving the ball, keep shooting, or you know, whatever it takes may be. So, um, you know, and also, you know, trying to learn how to lead. Um, you know, it's a lot of leaders here. Um, and I just try to learn a, a little from them, you know, each player, you know, uh, even the coaches as well, and try to take back some more. All right, so that's Team USA assistant and, of course, Pelicans head coach Monty Williams and uh, power forward Anthony Davis. That's from Spain this morning on a conference call after Team USA's practice. Yesterday in the ballgame, Davis had 13 points, 11 rebounds. He and Faree continue to anchor the middle for Team USA who looks to remain unbeaten and still alive when they take on, as Anthony mentioned, uh, Lithuania on an emotional day, September 11th, tomorrow. Uh, one more thing about Anthony Davis. if you, you may have missed it. One of the great things about Anthony playing with Team USA is now the national exposure that Davis is getting, the story about Davis that we all know here, of course, in New Orleans. But there was an article in the New York Times about Anthony Davis back in late August um, that you may want to go back and, and, and see if you can find it. I think the date on the article was August the 23rd, but it's a good article and it just kind of shows that Davis is gaining more attention not only on the national but world stage too uh, here as a member of the Pelicans and Team USA. Okay, when we come back, Daniel Sallerson's got Jake Seeley from RotoExperts.com as we continue on this Wednesday. 
Smoothie King asks, what's your purpose? My name is Trish, and I want more balance in my life. I feel like all I do is rush from one place to the next and end up grabbing a burger along the way. And then I feel guilty, and I start thinking I need to spend an hour on the elliptical, but I don't have time. I want to eat better. I want to feel better. That's my purpose. We can blend that. Find your balance with the new Greek yogurt smoothies naturally powered by Chobani. Find pleasure in your purpose at Smoothie King. Pelicans head coach Monty Williams, Anthony Davis, and your Pelicans have been working throughout the offseason to take this team to the next level. Individual game tickets for the 2014-15 season are on sale now. Make sure to score your tickets early to check out the biggest matchups and see the biggest stars of the NBA. The best seats for premier games are going to go fast. Visit pelicans.com and take flight with your Pelicans today. Well, it's Wednesday, so that means we get to talk a little fantasy football. And as usual, Jake Seeley from RotoExperts.com joins me as part of our fantasy focus presented by Xbox One. Jake, I hope you and your fantasy teams are doing well. <laughs> Mostly. I don't know. When you start playing in 20-plus leagues, it's kind of hard to keep track of them all. How do you do 20-plus leagues? <laughs> uh, not very well. There's a few that fall by the wayside every single year. That I forget to set the lineup and forget to do the waiver wire. It's just... It's what happens. Everybody wants you to join a million leagues, and you keep saying yes, and that's that's the end result. So, how do you root for your guys? Because most likely, the guys you have, <laughs> you have uh, you're playing against in other leagues as well. No, I just I, basically I'm rooting for everybody to score a ton of points. I don't care who it is. It's just every offensive player just needs to do well every Sunday. Fair enough. Fair enough. Jake, I'll start with Saints Falcons. Um, in your eyes, what Saints player stood out to you the most, fantasy wise? I think the biggest one outside the obvious, Drew Brees, had a good game. You wanted to see another touchdown or two tacked on there. Would have been nice. Jimmy Graham had a nice day. He didn't score. Uh, but the the bigger names, obviously, are Brandon Cooks and Mark Ingram. Uh, between the two of them, obviously, Brandon Cooks had a huge day, 7 for 77, and the touchdown. So plenty of targets, even with the mix of Colston and Graham in there. I think that even when Stills is back, which sounds like it should be this week, I still think that we're seeing that Cooks is going to be a huge part of that offense. I like him more in PPR leagues than standard leagues with Stills back, uh, just because you throw in another weapon for Drew Brees to go to, and that's going to limit his potential for those big plays. He'll get more involved as he has been in that somewhat like hybrid wide receiver slash Darren Sproles type of role. So I really like him. I think that he's going to have at least wide receiver two value for the rest of the season. It's obvious that he's a great addition to the team. And then Mark Ingram. You really have to like what we saw from him. Uh, the 60 yards and just 30, 13 carries with the two touchdowns pretty much just kicked up where he left off in the preseason. I think if you're looking at anybody from that backfield, obviously we know what Pierre Thomas is going to do, and he's going to chip in plenty of receptions with the six that he got this week, and that's probably around what we'll see every given week. But more so in the rushing game, I think that we he might lose a few carries as Ingram continues to produce like this. Uh, if, if Ingram starts getting close to 15 to 20 carries, you're looking at somebody who could be an RB2 in your league and not reliant on the touchdowns because, obviously, this week he was an RB1 because he scored twice. But I think those two continued what we saw in the preseason, and you got to love what you saw from both of them. With that being said, um, which, Saint, which, which Saints players, uh, besides the obvious of Jimmy Graham and Drew Brees, do you start against Cleveland? Is there anyone that you just mentioned that you don't start, or most of those guys you are starting or putting in your fantasy lineup? I think you got to start them all. I think it starts with Drew Brees and it goes right down the list. And I would actually even expect a little bit of a better game from Drew Brees after the fact that Ben Roethlisberger 
threw for 365 yards and a touchdown against the Browns last week. So I would expect Bruce to at least replicate that or do even a little bit better from what we saw last week. But Ingram needs to be in your lineup. Obviously, they're going to be going with him on first and second down for the rushing side of things. If he can score, that's even better for you. Pierre Thomas obviously needs to be in there every single week. He's at least a flex play running back higher upside in PPR leagues. And then Colston, Graham, and Cooks, even Cooks, even if Stills plays, like I said, he's going to be, I think, a higher focal point than Stills is. Uh, as we saw from last week, you know, there's a downfield shot to Robert Meacham, but it's really Cooks is going to be targeted early and often by Drew Brees. And even the defense will start to key on him. I think that having Stills back and somebody can stretch the field a little bit more, they'll just find a new way to use them, maybe a little bit more slants and screens and stuff like that. But I think everybody that you used last week needs to be back in your lineup again this week. Speaking of the Browns, the injury to Ben Tate, um, is that a cause for concern? And if so, who should you be picking up as far as his replacement on Sunday? I think it is only because we haven't heard anything from the Browns yet. So you're really looking at it. The Browns could be attacking this one of two ways. Either, either they don't want to let everybody know how bad the news is, or they're playing a little bit of uh, Bill Belichick over there and don't and we don't want anybody to really know until as late as possible in the week. And then even then, you know, kind of sneak up on, on the team going this week against the Saints. So, really, I think that it's a tough situation with that. I would really grab Terrence West first. I do like Isaiah Crowell. I thought he was the most talented running back in the draft this year. And so in 12-team, 14-team leagues, deeper ones, I'm stashing him as well because – if West falters at all and Tate is out, I think that Kroll, if given the opportunity, can seize control of that job. But right now, it has to be West. You just saw in that game the touches. He out-touched him quite a bit. It's more so that Kroll vultured the touchdowns from him. But West put up a plenty of yards in between the 20. So West is the one you need to grab. If you can and you have room, I would honestly like to grab both of them. We're talking with Jake Seeley, senior writer for RotoExperts.com. Now, Jake, on Monday on our show, we called it Overreaction Monday. A lot of people like to worry too much about whether their team won, their team lost, not even just fantasy, but their NFL favorite team. Same with as far as fantasy goes, how many weeks do you wait to drop a player that you drafted fairly high or even just drafted in general? How many weeks do you give it as far as a grace period to say, okay, this is finally a time where I should get rid of this player? Yeah, I got to say it's pretty much your overreaction is perfect, and that's what everybody loves to do, and you got plenty of that just every every single year this happens. But I'd say about three or four weeks into the season is about when you start thinking about it, unless it's somebody who's performed in years past, like let's say Julio Jones or Marcus Colston or you know those big-name receivers got off to a slow start and it's week three or even it's week four. Those are the type of guys you just bench. You don't ever really drop them because we've seen performances from them before. Nobody's going to drop for Drew Brees if he has two bad games right. in a row. That being said, if it's somebody you invested an early pick and he's unproven or he's young or it's a situation where, you know, it's just somebody that you don't have a lot of experience with from an NFL side to say, okay, he, he will turn things around. That's when week three or four, I'm ready to go because basically – whether you play an auction or a snake draft or whatever, once the season starts, you've got to throw the cost from your draft out of your mind. It doesn't matter how much they cost you anymore. If you get to the week four, you need to start making moves. That's when you start doing so. Ideally, you'd like to bench him, but if you need to drop him for somebody who's a breakout player, like let's say we've just talked about Terrence West's situation, Ben Tate is out for an extended period of time, and you have a running back of Maurice Jones-Drew, a perfect example. So he continues to do this 
another one or two games in a row where he has a very poor day and Ben Tate's out, you got to make the switch, even if you spent a sixth-round pick on Maurice Jones-Drew. So about week three, week four, where you need to do it. But if it's a big name, don't ever really do it. All right, well, it's Wednesday. Uh, waiver wire's about to come out, or you're about to pick up some guys for your Thursday night game. Which guys should we look out for for week two? And there's actually quite a bit to come from this first week here. If you're looking for a quarterback help, depending on what happened with you, Jake Locker, you have to like his matchup this week. Obviously, passing better than he has most of his career, and he's still got that rushing ability from him, somebody that I really like. The situation with Baltimore, uh, obviously, Justin Forsett looked good last week with Bernard Pierce getting pulled after the fumble. I still think that Pierce is going to get another shot. You know, the first fumble is the first game of the season, but Justin Forsett needs to be on your list for running backs along with Terrence West. And if Chris Ivory wasn't drafted, I I think that that's going to be a nice timeshare which isn't ideal for fantasy, but Ivory will have enough value going forward. Going a little deeper at running back, I still think Maude Bradshaw is the best running back in the Colts' backfield, and I think that he could overtake Trent Richardson in a week or two, so it's somebody else to keep your name on. And then at wide receiver, uh, I'll give you two names. Uh, one is probably not really on anybody's roster. Well, let, let me touch on the first one that everybody's going to be asking about, so now three names. Alan Hearns mm-hmm. with Jacksonville. Everybody's talking about Alan Hearns. He's further down the list. You could stash him, but don't expect a repeat of that, especially if Cecil Shorts is back. He's going to be back to being the third option on that team. We saw Kevin Ogletree two years ago in the first two weeks was the hottest pickup and didn't do anything for the rest of the season. Hearns is still young and still getting to that offense. Don't overreact. And there's, Like I said, there's two names I actually like more than him. One is the suspension situation with Josh Gordon. If he's not owned, you need to put him on your roster. If there's any chance that he plays a couple games this season, we're talking about a wide receiver one you're just getting for free. So he's one. And then Brian Brian Quick looks like the top receiver. Everybody thought it was going to be Kenny Britt, but he looks like the top receiver with the Rams. And he's flashing talent in years past and some injury issues. He's a name that I'd be stashing if you're a little little thin at wide receiver is somebody that's probably, like I said, I would would be surprised if he's in 1% of leagues right now. Wow, good stuff there. That's Jake Seeley, senior writer for RotoExperts.com, and that concludes this week's Fantasy Focus presented by Xbox One. Jake, thank you very much for the time. Enjoy the week of football, and uh, good luck with your 20 fantasy football teams. (laughs) I appreciate it. Good luck to you, too. Thank you, sir. When we come back, Sean will be back to wrap things up on this Wednesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Gatorade knows every victory starts from within. It's the determination to come up big when it matters most. But no athlete does it alone. They need training and fuel to perform. That's how greatness comes from within. Win from within. Game on with NFL Ticket Exchange, the only official ticket exchange of the NFL, where 100% of tickets are verified by Ticketmaster. Buy and sell the NFL-approved way. Visit NFLTicketExchange.com. Together, we make football. Fans cheer on your Pelicans as they play their final preseason game against the Dallas Mavericks at the CenturyLink Center in Bossier City on Thursday, October 23rd. Prices start at just $9 from www.ticketmaster.com. While in town, enjoy the opening weekend of the State Fair of Louisiana, our numerous casinos, including the world-famous Horseshoe Casino, and Hotel. Check out hotel packages for the game and other things to do at Shreveport-Bossier.org or call 888-45-VISIT. Pelicans.com and NewOrleansSaints.com, your first stop when following your teams. 
John DeShazer and I will have a full report on Saints practice today later on in the New Orleans Saints afternoon wrap at NewOrleansSaints.com. Again, a busy day as we'll also uh, go inside the Saints locker room and visit with several of the players and get their first thoughts of the week on their matchup with the Cleveland Browns. This is also the day, as we mentioned at the top of the show, that quarterback Drew Brees meets with the media. So all that's yours. A busy, busy uh, slate of things for you later on today at NewOrleansSaints.com. Basketball-wise, we'll keep an eye on Team USA tomorrow in their game against Lithuania, and we'll put together another black and blue report for you from Studio B tomorrow. We'll uh, visit with the voice of the Saints, Jim Henderson, among others. Special thanks again today to Kenny Albert of Fox Sports, Jake Seeley from RotoExperts.com, and to Monty Williams and Anthony Davis. And thanks to you as well for joining us on this Wednesday for the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. It's yours free, of course, at iTunes, at NewOrleansSaints.com, Pelicans.com, or on both team mobile apps. I'm Sean Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean Kelly Live, and you can always follow this show and its lineup at its Twitter handle at Black Blue Report. Have a great rest of your Wednesday. We'll see you tomorrow right here from Studio B. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.